Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Change on the Run podcast, where we discuss common change challenges and ways you can address them when you're short of time. I'm your host, Phil Buckley. Today's topic is setting your personal goals. A change project provides real opportunities for personal growth because the environment is dynamic, complex, and involves people at all levels and areas of an organization. Without personal goals, however, you're more likely to focus on completing tasks with little thought or time given to increasing your capabilities. So, How do you set change project-related goals that help you grow from the experience? My guest today is Jamie Allison. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Phil. I'm I'm looking forward to our chat today. Me too, and thanks for being on. Jamie is the CEO and Principal Consultant of Epitome HR, a boutique consulting service aimed at talent sourcing, development, and optimization. With specializations in talent acquisition, transformation, talent mapping and succession planning, and engagement. He is the author of Jackpot, a step-by-step guide to a winning on-campus recruiting campaign, and an in-demand speaker and panelist. Jamie is also the host of the popular Big Idea, Big Moves podcast that brings interesting high performers, personal development actions, and learning to a larger audience. I highly recommend you subscribe to Jamie's podcast. It's outstanding and actually inspired me to create this one. So thank you, Jamie. Wow. Thanks very much, Phil. I really appreciate it. I mean, um, it's something I enjoy and I, I like that, uh, you know, if, if people don't know, Phil was a guest on my podcast and brought some really great stuff forward there too. So definitely take a listen to that. Thank you, Jamie. And, and if you notice any format similarities with your podcast, I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> absolutely coincidental <laughs> and my lawyer told me to mention that <laughs> I'm absolutely okay with any of that so I, I appreciate it actually so. <laughs> happenstance oh, good stuff so let's let's just dive into personal goals and setting it with sure. with change because I, I know you've done so many years of, of support in, in HR uh, both in, yeah. internally in so many different organizations but also in, in your consulting practice what's been your experience with goal setting within large change initiatives? I think it's, number one, one of the most important things. Number two is often one of the most overlooked areas in whether it's in change or, or other parts of the organization is, is making sure that people really take a look at the opportunity is, that is there and how they leverage their own goals to be able to take away, not just help achieve whatever the end goal of a change initiative or a project or whatever it is you're working on, but to take as much away from a capability standpoint for yourself. You know, when, when I think back, maybe my focus on personal goals has come from my own personal personal experience as much as organizational experience. And so I personally have always been somebody who has set their own kind of personal goals. And I try to, you know, do it in different areas of my life. So it's not just kind of, you know, a work experience. It's, it's what am I going to do in work? What am I going to do in my relationships? All of those things. And I, th- I think that that's translated into when we've went into organizations to help move forward change initiatives or big projects, it's really helping individuals understand that thinking through that process as much as possible is is really, really important, not just for achieving the goal of the project, but also taking something away from it for yourself from a capability and improvement standpoint. You mentioned sort of the personal element to it, and it's not just the business goals or, or yeah. perhaps even not just the capabilities, but your whole life 
and, and becoming perhaps a better person. And, and I know yeah. burnout is a huge issue for large initiatives. Any examples you can give of people who have set goals and maybe even your own that yeah. would be broader than I'm going to become a better negotiator? I, I could actually give you an example of a, a change initiative that um, I'm helping an organization with right now. And it's a large transformation of how they provide human resources service in the organization. And, and we know that right now there's a lot of kind of weird stuff that, that even throws off a project. And for me, I've done lots of them, but my own kind of personal way of looking at goals is that um, I try to learn from other individuals on the project. And so I had kind of set personal goals at the front end of that project to see, you know, I need to get better at how we um, help people through the communication part of this project in particular. And I have, as we went through this project, I've realized because I had set that goal that I had a big gap myself from a capability standpoint that I didn't do a good job in being able to really paint the picture at the front end of how the project connects with the organization's higher goals. I intuitively know that that's the case, but I got stuck, I think, because so much was happening at the time. And actually learning from somebody else because I was revisiting my goals and thinking, okay, I've said that I need to do this in a better way. There's actually another gentleman, I'll, I'll kind of throw it out there. His name is Len. So Len, if you're listening to this, Len kind of flag, hey, you know, I, I think that you need to do a better job helping people feel connected at a time when people suddenly felt very, not very connected. And so it helped me kind of learn from that experience to kind of do that step back. And it was because I had a personal goal to attach that to, because I did have that as a front end goal for me, revisiting it meant that I also had to be pretty adaptable and think, okay, how do I change? change that goal to make sense now in this environment because people can get really caught up in a fast moving project, I think, or just run into, I'm very action oriented. So I just wanted to get things done. I just want to get it done. And then it's hard for me sometimes to not think I need to step back. And that kind of helped me because I had that touch point. In, in your book, you do talk about revisiting goals. And I, I found that really interesting. A lot of people who do set goals for themselves, an observation is that they continue the goal, even though the environment has changed and it might be less yeah. valuable. Can you tell me more about the revisiting process where you say, hey, things are different. How do I analyze my initial goals and, and perhaps adjust them to make them more relevant? I think that's the important part. When you're setting the goals, I think most people will know that you often use that kind of SMART acronym to see, have you made it specific enough? Have you made it measurable? Is it achievable? Is it relevant? And is it timely or timed? And so, you know, if all of those things are met, people feel sometimes that they're locked in, that these are my goals and I have, and I'm not going to until the end of the project or until next year when I revisit my goals, this is what I'm going to do. And I think it, what is lost sometimes is how a project can completely change. The business environment can completely change. And so I usually recommend that whether it's every quarter or whatever is the most appropriate time for what you're working on is you need to take that step back, revisit what is the organization or the higher level goal that you're trying to impact? Think of what will success look like at the end. And there's, there's kind of two parts to it is the other side is what does this look like if I've achieved my goal? And that's the part that sometimes changes, I think, is that the environment may have changed and what we want to achieve maybe is a little bit different than it was before. And so mapping those th two things across to your goal is important. Because I always kind of think of, you know, we were talking about before, if you were kayaking and you decided I'm going to go over there and then suddenly that didn't make any sense anymore because the river changed, you know, why would you keep going in that direction 
if it doesn't make sense anymore. And so you have to look at every once in a while, if you're sailing, you have to tack every once in a while to be able to get to the destination you're looking for. You know, it's important to take a look at those goals and really see, is it getting me to where I want it to go still? And don't feel so locked in that it can't change. And you talked about measuring the goal and then reassessing, as you say, maybe I don't want to go this way, I'm going to go that way because yeah. the weather has changed. Any recommendations for how you measure what success would look like given it's a dynamic environment and you might yeah. change it? What do you think success looks like or, or how do you frame success so you have that ability to pivot and be agile? I think some of that is at the outset when you're going to set your goals. Instead of setting the goal first, it's paint the picture of what you want it to look like. And, and so if I do this in organizations, a lot of times we sit down with people and say, let's look out whatever that right time span is and explain it. What does that look like? What, what are, you know, what are the behaviors that are happening? What are the things that are happening in the organization or in my life or in, you know, for me, what does that look like? Like if I want to improve my capability in something, what are my behaviors looking like now? And, and instead of mapping it across to today right away, look at what that looks like. And then from the standpoint, you know, build your goals. And then it is really, really important to have that whole idea of, you know, what does good look like and figure out what are some of the metrics that will help me figure out if I've got to where I want to go. Some organizations too, I mean, you'll always hear me say simplicity is important. I don't think that means you measure 20 different things. It's figure out what are the most important measures to, to show that you've achieved a goal. And they may change slightly, but if you really get down to what are the most important things, they're probably not gonna change a whole heck of a lot. And you need to be able to kind of see where am I at my starting point and where do I wanna go? And that's what you kind of measure against as you go through that process. So I don't think it should change a whole lot because if you do a good job at really honing it down to what's the most important, say, you know, two or three KPIs for each of those things, you'll know if you're getting there or not. And have you had the experience, I know you, you coach a lot of leaders, say having that conversation of, well, what do you want to accomplish at the end of your leadership of a, an initiative and, and the coaching role that you might take? How has that worked for you? It's interesting when you talk to senior leaders, because I think sometimes it's hard for them to look at it personally. They often will much more easily go right to, well, we're going to implement this technology and this technology will give us this efficiency. And some of those things are very easy for many senior executives to be able to connect to. But I always say that the change is not the technology, you know, that what you're implementing, it has lots of potential to be able to do some of these things, but it's really about behavior change and how do you get through that. So for each personal goal for a leader, it should be something that translates a little bit higher than that, I think. And it's this that in order to create, let's say, part of that is to create a more collaborative culture. That's what you want to have achieve at the end. Well, you as a leader or you as a person involved in it, what does that look like if you are leading that, if you are facilitating that and figuring out what the gap is today for you? And it's the same as I was saying that, you know, if I'm leading a project or helping facilitate a project, I need people to tell me if I'm not doing what I said I was going to do at the front. And, and every senior leader should have not just the project goals, they should have, what am I going to do to make sure that the behaviors and capabilities at the end of this, not just for the organization or the project are there, but what does that mean to me? And I, th I think sometimes it's hard because you're getting, you're talking about a leader looking at themselves and being very vulnerable about, you know, what are your gaps? It's really important for the leaders as much as anybody else, because you have to model it. So how do you make sure that you are the model?
And speaking about vulnerability, as you say, it's very tough. And what I found is the higher you are in the organization, typically the less support you get on your own personal skills, perhaps because the assumption is that you're the leader and you you have them. How do you coach in a way that sort of accommodates that vulnerability within, you know, getting coached on what you could have done better in that particular meeting or, or town hall, let's say? I think some of that comes down to relationship and it's building a trusting relationship. I had a CEO that I was senior HR leader with and probably the most intelligent man that I I have ever worked with and and also had a really varied good background in whether it's change initiatives or, or even just moving forward in organization. So the part that I played a lot of the time was to try to make sure that that person is able to connect that vision to the person at the front line. Because a lot of time I find talking with senior executives, they're working at a different level and they have a strategy view that it's a different level. And how do you simplify that and make sure people feel connected at different levels? And I found with him, a lot of it was building trust over time. So when you build a trusting relationship that they know that, you know, they can, you can have conversations that are going to stay within kind of the two of you and you become a little more allowed to ask those and challenge things. And, and I do think that the role of a coach regardless and as a professional is you do need to not feel inhibited to challenge people. It's how you challenge people. It's not challenging in a way that is demeaning because it isn't that way, especially when you're dealing with people that are very accomplished in, and you know, intelligent people probably sometimes more experienced in certain areas than you. But it's about facilitating the conversation and, and asking questions, I think is the big thing. Is if you ask questions, sometimes people will answer their own questions and come up with the answers themselves. And if you have a trusting relationship, ask the right questions, you're going to get to that end goal with somebody as long as you they see you as being genuine great advice and i'm wondering i know with your career you've worked in retail healthcare packaged goods entertainment it's and and also public and private organizations you've done it all are there any cultural or you know sort of industrial changes with how you'd approach school setting from one organization to the next or is it pretty well the same across the board? I think the concepts are the same. I think it is very different from organization to organization. And it becomes a little bit about the culture of the organization more than anything, because there are some organizations that are very hierarchical. So if I go into a smaller IT company, it's often expected that it's very facilitative in how you come up with goal setting. Other organizations, they're not used to that yet. And you, you want to be able to find the right way at the right time. I guess it would be great that, you know, if people are reading something and thinking, you know what, we can go and we can do this in a uh, hacking environment and we'll do it that way. And the reality is, is if you're in, you know, some, and I'll, I'll use public sector or maybe even a financial institution that's very hierarchical and already very defined in their processes, you have to be able to work it into that and be able to you know, understand that the culture is just different. But you can still do the same thing. You can set goals in a, a very kind of defined way and almost in the same model, but it's how you approach the model is going to be very different from one organization to another. But that's what I love about going into different places because every organization has a slightly different culture, a different leadership culture, but you can still achieve the same goals. You just have to maybe approach it a little bit differently. Very true. And I found with a new organization that you're working with, people will tell you if you're on culture or not. And it is a right. bit of, you remember like years and years ago, they had this electric maze, you know, it was a team building and you almost step on, on the buzzer and, and then you course yeah. correct, but you can really understand what people have room for. And, and going back to the, the personal goal setting, you've quoted in the past, Peter Erzbender, when he said, 
you, you cannot not market. You can either market well or you can market poorly, which is such a great quote. I, I love it. I love it. Um, do you think that personal goal setting, either the goals that you set or how you set them are part of your personal brand? Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought Peter up actually. And Peter is the first person that I probably learned that from. When I was kind of relatively early in my career, he was the most gracious person, but he also was a superb marketer. And I do think that there is a component of thinking of your goals and your development as your personal brand. And he worked that way all of the time. I mean, I'll give you an example of when I met him, I was putting together a conference and he was a speaker, really good speaker. And so I just kind of asked him about, you know, what, how that works. And instead of just kind of having a connection with me, he right away sent me a copy of his book, had a very personalized kind of note. And now looking back, that personalized note is hugely impactful and just basically had done a little bit of background into who I was. And all of those things, it's interesting that it translates into how I set goals now too, is it's not just about me, it's about those relationships and how you how you build those relationships. I mean, there's another guy that I've, I've talked to recently, Chester Elton, and he is very much about personalize those things as much as you can. So if your goals are aimed at things that just you achieve, I don't think that really gets to where you want to go. It's how do you increase your influence and brand by doing a better job at connecting with others. If you're on projects, there is nothing more important than the influence you gain by having a good brand and by having a good connection and relationship with people. And, and so, yeah, I, I think I learned that early on and I think it's ultra important to have that. It actually comes back to the point you'd mentioned about coaching, about building trust. And, and it, trust yeah. is really built through good relationships and the connections that you make, which is an excellent point. And I wonder, as, as part of along the, the branding theme, yeah. let's just say you've, you've set your objectives, you know, your personal goals. It's coming to the end of, of a project. You've assessed that. Do you communicate them out? And, and if you yeah. do, who do you communicate to that, you know, you had these goals, this is what you achieved, this is what you yeah. did? And I always say that when I'm working both myself personally, but also let's say I'm working with an HR team and a lot of it is to, you use it in two different ways. One is to make sure you're recognizing everybody who's been involved, the great work they've done. But the other side is, is it's a bit of a, a PR opportunity that goes with that as well. Because if you've painted a picture of here's where we want to go, you want to be able to start to show that you are progressing towards that. And as an individual, if you are reaching your goals, I think feel like you're being boastful if you do that. And I think a lot of people have to get past that. I mean, I am not, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I'm a very boastful person. But part of a strategy is to make sure that if you don't say it, nobody else will. And so you need to be able to show that you create results because whether it's in business or whether it's in trying to get new clients or anything like that, people need to know that you achieve results. The best way to be able to do that, whether it's for a project to show the results you've created, whether it's personally some results that you've done as well, I, I really think that that's a huge part of it. That's how you show that you've moved the dial. And that's ultimately what you want to be able to do. And, and you have to, to be able to tell other people that way. But you can do it in a non-boisterous way. It's that, hey, you're recognizing other people that have been connected to it, other people that have helped you along. 
And so in, it's not just about you. It's actually being able to say, thanks so much to these people, because here's the goals we were able to achieve together. Even if they were a, one of your goals, other people have contributed to it, I'm sure. So how do you communicate that way? Excellent advice. I remember doing a recognition program back in our past and uh, doing research and, and the, all the research came back that suggested the best recognition is recognition with your peers. So if peers see, you know, they really honor what you've done. And, and if you can share that through your goal process and the report back, what better compliment than saying, Jamie helped me with my personal goal and I, I appreciate it. People want to contribute and they want to contribute to something bigger. And I actually think that people contribute to somebody else's success, but also just in their development is hugely impactful. And I think development is an important thing. If a CEO or a senior leader comes out and says, I think I've done a better job because of this and the person who's really helped me along here is this individual. Wow. The amount of goodwill that you, you create, but also just, uh, you know, I, I think people take another look at how they do that in the future as well. Because senior leaders sometimes don't realize how impactful the words that they say and the actions that they say, how years down the road, they may not have known that they've impacted another person to be able to do the same thing. So that person that was maybe a frontline analyst took that away and that had a huge impact on their life. They become a CEO 20 years down the road and are doing the same thing. And, and that other person didn't even know the impact they've had on somebody. And I, I think that's really key for people to understand the influence you have isn't even what you know. It may be much larger than that. So well said. It reminds me of, you know, they say everyone has a favorite teacher. And for me, everyone has a, a, a Mr. Green, like the person that yeah. doesn't realize how much they're influencing you. And, and for leaders within organizations, the one comment or the one recognition can make a world of difference for one's career and, and sense of self-esteem as well. One, one last question is, yeah. as, a, as a project is starting, and I wonder if we could flip it from a, a leader's perspective and you're looking for a team to come on to a project, is there a way that you can leverage the learning that people will get to really get the best people engaged and excited in the project? Is there anything that you've seen where it's actually been almost like a selling chip to say what you learn will be tremendous and beyond what you could in your current role? There was a book a few years ago. It was Tom Peters had one called The Project 50, I think. And that whole book, so if you haven't read that before, it's a, it's, it was out a while ago. It's, it's a very short little book, but it actually talks about if you are somebody who wants to be able to progress quickly, how do you go on to a project that may not be the flashiest project, may not be the big sexy project that some other people are on, but how do you make sure that you leverage it as much as you can for your career? And I think that if you are the person who's, who's trying to get people excited about a project or excited about their role, you can always find people. And I think it's actually the people that are looking for that, are looking for something where it's a, a big development opportunity for them. They don't always have to be the most senior person. They don't always have to be, you know, you want to find who will be the, the advocate for the project. And I think you'd be surprised sometimes at who is the biggest advocates and has the most social influence in your organization as well. So I would say that you think about your project in not just that it's getting people to point A, point B, it's that what will people have at the end of it? It's, it's not just like, what will the people on the project gain by the time we're done? And it might be, what are the skills that you gain? What are the competencies that you gain? What are the influential relationships that you can gain? That's the one I always use when I bring people onto projects is you're going to be dealing with people that you wouldn't normally 
have any access to? And how do you, as a project leader, sometimes help facilitate some of those things where it's, you know, how do you make sure that the people on that project who would never have been able to maybe be part of a presentation in front of a vice president, make sure that they can somehow have a role there and get a profile that they might have not have had before. And, and so those to me are things that sometimes don't think about. We just put together who can do the stuff, but it's how do you get people that can do the stuff, but they help build their how they do it at the same time. And I think, you know, building their competencies and capability is a huge way of being able to sell getting the best people on your project for that point in time. Projects are, are pressure cookers of time and, you know, they, they tend to start late or there's a perception of starting late and everyone's rushing to contribute and, and to be sort of part of the organization. Yeah. If someone was short of time, they've been put on a project, is there like one thing that you would recommend to them to get them going and, you know, to get them onto the, the setting their own personal objectives for the, the change project? They're both connected. I think one is think simplicity to start with, you know, regardless of all of the stuff happening all around and the project may be complex or the activities that you do may be complex, but how do we take that down into really short, just what are the couple of things I need to do over the next little while that will make the most impact? Because I, I think when people get jump into a project and sometimes it can look like that. If you've, if you've been on a project before anybody, you probably see a Gantt chart that has like 30 items on it. And, and that to me is, is overwhelming for somebody jumping into a project or having to really move forward in a project quickly. So it's simplify it and really come up with what, what do you want to achieve by the end of it? And what are, what are the top, let's say three or four priorities? Maybe one of them is what do you want to take away from it? One of it is a very kind of specific goal around, you know, what is my action item to make sure that I'm moving the project ahead? And then, you know, some of those other things where it's just trying to, to see, do I want to build my influence and how do I do that? So it's just, to me, it's the simplification. Some organizations make things so complex that things don't move ahead and people feel overwhelmed. And, and really, you can, you can scale things back in your head and, and you know, take that one step at a time approach. I talked to a guy, there's um, Charlie Engel just recently. Charlie Engel is a big ultra marathoner and he, uh, he ran the Sahara Desert. He's the first man to run the entire Sahara Desert and he did it in a short period of time. And you even ask him, he said like, I had a plan for 111 days and he said those 111 days out of that, I wrote things down and said, this is what we're going to accomplish every day. Out of those, and I forget how many days, but it might have been like 11, he said, went the way they planned. And it almost never goes the way you plan, regardless, even if you have a full plan. So his thing was, is I, I know it sounds cliche, but okay, I, I went mile by mile. I went mile by mile each time I did it. And so you almost take the same kind of approach. Just know things are going to come up. Things are going to change. All of those things. Think about what are the things you have to do in the next little while to be successful and be that simplistic about it. I really resonate with the point about being simple. So often... These, these formats of, okay, I have to set up, you know, these objectives and there have to be this many and it has to be written this way and it becomes yeah. heavy and then people don't do it at all. And one yeah. thing that's worked well for me is pick three, which I think is, is sort of that magic number, uh, but yeah. not three capabilities because that's heavy, but if, you know, one skill you want to work on, one behavior and one relationship. So the relationship one is, yeah, you know, work with Raj. You haven't worked with Raj, so we want to get to know him. And, you know, one behavior, well, if you want to share more information, because typically you you'd kind of just have your head down in your own funnel and what skill would you like, it maybe makes it a little bit easier and simpler than, okay, here's your long list of things that you may never get to. And, and Jamie, I just wondered, you know, 
as we close off now, is there just one last piece of advice or a, an insight or a watch out or a, an observation that you could give to listeners that would help them out as, as they're considering setting their own goals? Look at everything as an opportunity. The fact that you're setting goals means that you are in a select group. There are lots of people that don't do it. And I think we all know now, if you look at high performers, if you look at successful projects, there are ones that are tied to specific goals. But the other side of it is, like we had talked about, about creating influence, things like that, regardless of what role you play or what level you are and all of those things, there is always going to be opportunity that comes up. So be adaptable and be ready to take the opportunity when they come up because you never know where it's going to go. I mean, Phil and I worked many, many years ago together and things come around eventually and you get to kind of keep having those connections. And I, I think that it's important to, to keep your avenues open, but still have, have goals so you know where you want to go. So true. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people get in contact with you? Epitome HR is www.epitomehr.com. It has information about our services. You can connect us through there. Uh, podcast you mentioned is uh, www.bigideabigmoves.com. And we have lots of cool kind of high performers on there. So either of those would be great. And, and I'm on LinkedIn. You can connect with me or follow me there. And uh, we're on Instagram and all the other places too. So Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. So thanks so much for being on the show. And I'd also like to thank our producer, Charlie Buckley. And thanks to you, the listeners. And if you have any questions or comments, please email me at phil at changewithconfidence.com. And for upcoming episodes, please subscribe to the Change on the Run podcast. And until the next time, I wish you all the best as you continue to lead change. <laughs>